Are you looking for a way to grow your B2B business or software company? Well, how about learning some of the best tips for content marketing, connecting with potential partners, and pitching your business? Well, if that's you and it sounds great, I invite you to join us on our upcoming B2B content marketing Q&A and speed dating podcast party. This is a live Zoom call for our community members and listeners to our podcast that can come along and you'll get to interact, learn something new, and then also have a chance to get expert advice and make valuable connections. All right, the session will be recorded and uh, published on our Authentic Influence podcast. All right, so register now and join us live on Zoom. The next event is coming up in a few weeks' time. Just head over to simplecreativemarketing.com forward slash podcast party. That's simplecreativemarketing.com forward slash podcast party to register. There's only 15 spots, so if you want to jump in, uh, go ahead and do that today. Hope to see you there real soon. Welcome to Authentic Influence with host Anthony Chansamuth, the show where we get real and share the stories and struggles, strategies and tactics of successful influencers and entrepreneurs so that you too can take action to create the life and business that you choose. And now over to Anthony. Welcome to Authentic Influence Live. This is Anthony Chansamuth, and uh, we're doing something really special today because if you look behind me, there's some random people standing there. Uh, they are not strangers. They're actually mammoth statues, which are like three times my height. Uh, and I'm broadcasting live from the University of California in San Francisco. So my wife and I arrived this morning, uh, and I frantically tried to find somewhere to do this podcast interview because the two ladies I'm about to bring on are tremendous, tremendous humans. I'm talking about Jenny Wright and Alison Lex from systemtothrive.com. These are two industry experts and best friends who have joined forces to be the change that we want to see in the marketing world. Uh, they're all about uh, not performative, to what they say is not performative transparency, not hitch over the head authenticity, just real people serving real people who want to serve uh, real people. Okay, so uh, I'm going to bring them both onto the show. We're talking about um, how to create, let me just get this right, it's how to create fast cash wins with your business. Uh, let's bring them both on the show now, and we're going to say hello, Jenny and Alison. Uh, and Al Alison. <laughs> Hi, guys. Hey, how's it going? Oh my now, God, I really need to put my makeup on today. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, man. Real problems. I didn't do my, my makeup either, right? Jenny, so don't Total. feel, you know, alone. Um, just, yeah, a bit of background. How did the two of you connect? Where did you meet? Oh, my gosh. Allison, you tell it better than me. You go for it. We met in a Facebook group. Um, I, we connected, I guess, in the thread, and then we started chatting. And Jenny tried to get me to hire her. Um, as my assistant or my VA or my OBM or something along those lines, I forget. And I said, no. And um, apparently, I just found this out maybe about a year ago, she thought, okay, well, she seems like a cool enough person. And um, she knows a lot of people. So I'm going to be friends with her. And she tried to use me for my connections. 
but it makes me sound so I, shallow, but no, I am irresistibly, um, lovable. So, um, I won her over into best friendum. <laughs> she persisted. So yeah, no, Allison and I did meet that Facebook group. I totally asked her to hire me if she needed help with as a VA. And then I just totally clicked with her and we had a really great time. Uh, and then when the pandemic hit, you know, we'd been friends for five or so years. And when that hit kind of things went to, you know, the crapper as they did for a lot of people. And we kind of joined forces, not only to keep our own mental sanity, but to keep our, like, to just keep our moods buoyant. Cause it was really tough. Um, like, you know, for a lot of people, but it was definitely tough on the service side of being able to help uh, people. People yeah. were just not spending money. They weren't doing anything where it was frozen. So we created the podcast together. We created System to Thrive. Uh, and here we are, you know, two, almost two, two and a half years on and we're still going. So I'm really lucky to have a friend like Allison. Definitely are. And uh, I, I just want to resonate, uh, to reflect back on what you said about people, uh, businesses and people behind the business, businesses struggling throughout the pandemic. Uh, you know, I've spoken to countless uh, entrepreneurs, as I'm sure you both have, just around how tough that was. Now, you know, even though there are some businesses that fared better than others, um, I think what you both do are tremendous because you focus on the strategy of things and you're focusing on, okay, at a high level, um, before we get into the tactics, okay, how do we actually sustain a business, right? Like, how do we grow one? How do we launch one? And then how do we sustain? Uh, and that's what really we're going to talk about here um, today. Now, I want to kick off with just a, a quick question for you is, what's a key philosophy or a mindset that drives how you approach marketing and sales? Alison, you go for it. Okay. I, and I know I, I speak at least partially for Jenny with this, but the relationship that you have with your person freaking matters. Like it just, people want to feel seen. They want to feel taken care of. They want to feel appreciated for who they are and what they bring to your table, not just what you bring to theirs. And they want they want to feel like more than just some faceless number in a spreadsheet and how you act outwardly makes or breaks that trust. And, um, you know, I've said for, for a number of years, I've talked about this concept of online Mayberry, where if you think about, you know, Mayberry and the Andy Griffith show, everybody knew everybody. And that's how people want to feel. They don't want to feel just that you can solve their problem, but that you understand them and see them as a person, an individual. Is there anything you want to add to that, Jenny? Thanks, Allison. Easily, I think I could add that, you know, the being singing part is such a big deal with what Allison said. In addition, I think it's coming at things with transparency and also being really frank. Allison and I are really clear when we're coming and we're speaking to people or we're on our own podcast or we're talking to potential clients. We're just that clarity of, hey, look, I know you want to get to the stratosphere with your program, product or service. We get it. Most people do. But here's the reality of what it looks like to get there. Um, we don't do anybody any favors by telling them that they're, you know, that they're a special unicorn and they're going to get there without having to jump through some of the hoops that everybody has to, to grow their list, engage their audience and sell their program, product or service. These are the things that just have to be done. And it's just a part of doing business. And I think we try to have that authenticity so that we're overcoming a lot of the 
I think spammy and scammy marketing that exists out there that tell people, hey, all you have to do is this one little thing and you're golden, you know, you'll make hand over fist, it'll be $500,000 in your first year. That drives us nuts. So we're always trying to make sure that we're having that honest, open communication with people and sharing how what it really is like behind the scenes to grow a business. I just love that piece around uh, the scammy messaging, the you know, I don't I don't love scammy messaging, but I, but, but it's what you said, Jenny, about you know uh, promises that are really fast cash. Let's get there. And I know the title of this this episode is, is fast cash, but um, I understand, and I like we're going to delve into you know what that that actually means. What does that look like? So based on what you've both said and, and and the philosophy that you apply to how you do business, and it's all about relationships and developing real. Um, you know, honest interaction with your clients and your people that you interview, your people that inter interact with, what do you feel is, is really holding business owners back when it comes to generating real results in their businesses? Well, I'll start this time. And because I, Alison and I are on the same wavelength, I just looked at her and I knew her <laughs> and I actually agreed. One of the biggest things is you can make it to fast cash. You can absolutely create fast cash in your business, but the way to do that is through planning. And the planning is the piece that comes before all the action. Right. So you can get to fast cash, but you have to have all your ducks in a row in the background to kind of make that happen. You have to have good copy. You have to have a really good landing page. You have to spend the time on creating a really good opt in video. Slapping things together used to work. When Allison and I first started, we used to see the ugliest pages in the world with the crappiest copy that we've ever seen or read, and they would convert. It was insane. But everybody is so much more discerning now, and they really, you know, they, they're, they're bombarded by so much that they actually are very, um, choosy on what choosy. they're doing and what they're, yeah, right? They're so choosy on it that it's so important that your stuff, what you do counts. Am I on the same wave? Like we're on the same wavelength, right, Allison? Yeah, I literally was just going to say there, people are choosy. And, you know, it's, so I have a story that I want to share about, um, actually, it's the origin of System to Thrive, if I might. Amp. Um, yeah, absolutely. So the pandemic you know, hit, everything shut down. And I messaged Jenny, I was like, we need to do a webinar. Our people don't know what to do. We need to do a webinar. Please tell them the time of day you messaged me. At 2.30 in the morning. And <laughs> I, I said, I was like laying in bed on my phone, not able to sleep. And I said, this is what the webinar is gonna be. And here's, I, like I wrote the whole webinar with my thumbs. And then I wrote the opt-in page with my thumbs in Facebook Messenger. And then I was like, oh, let's do this next week. So, um, you know, Jenny was not really a big fan of that idea, but I'm, I'm a very like throw stuff at the wall and see what happens. And she, she allowed herself to be steamrolled in this instance. And so we set this webinar up and like, I think it was maybe the next day she's like, well, what are we going to offer? And we had attended another webinar in a totally different industry the week before and they did something really cool and i said well let's do this and what they had done was a pay what you can model and then they had a, a downloadable product so it wasn't um it wasn't an issue for them to do that but i said let's offer strategy calls pay what you can it can be zero dollars it can be two hundred dollars i don't care let's just get them on the phone and we'll be fully transparent and we'll tell them on the webinar if it's a good fit we'll talk about how we might be able to help you implement the plan we've put together and if it's not at least you have an amazing plan and we sold 
how many of those calls did we sell, Jenny, off of that webinar? Uh, 30? Two dozen, Thir yeah. two, two, three dozen, yep. And we closed in business using authenticity and transparency over $30,000. On that one um, webinar. On one webinar. And yes, so, you know, when Jenny says planning is essential, and then I tell you this story, I don't want the takeaway for you to be, oh, I'm going to do it Allison's way. Because the fact is, behind this was decades, combined decades of experience, an audience that was built, an offer that already had value, knowledge, we had everything we needed to make it happen quickly. And yep. But that's, that's a quick win because the offer was already there, because the tech was already set up, because the experience was already done, because it was already done and we already had built that relationship with our people, we were able to make that happen quickly. So, And that's like, Allison, that's yeah. like a real testament to the fact of building a engaged email list. Yeah. In my personal opinion, if you, relationship. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. If you build up the relationships, you build up the engagement, you build up your email list, you get all of that. It's easier to create fast cash. If you have no email list, no following, nobody following you on social and no engagement that you've never created before, fast cash is going to be practically impossible. Right. So that's where those years of planning, those or years of work, years of all that kind of stuff. And it doesn't hurt that Allison's an amazing copywriter and I am a pretty good funnel maker amazing. and then we were right and then we're pretty amazing <laughs> okay. and we can bring these things together really well if you are somebody that doesn't have that experience or that understanding you don't have a copywriter who can you know write an opt-in page with their thumbs or funnel builder who can put it together a page in like you know no time flat you need to have people that you can rely on to do that but your special skill is going to be something different your special skill is going to be the way that you can convey the offer or your special skill is going to be the way that you're able to get people rallied around your thing and you have to have people that you can rely on that can do those other things like the copywriting and the page building but it doesn't mean you can't have the fast cash it just means you have to plan and have the other networks worked out you know worked out ahead of time yeah there are, uh, I really love that story that you both shared, and and I, I the, the best part about it is that well we got there, but to get there it required years of work, right? And building the the, the right system um, to then do the webinar, to then you know, even just get people on the phone and then do close the sales and then deliver something that's going to be valuable to them. Uh, where I'm seeing a lot of businesses being challenged right now is you know businesses that do really well on the marketing front and maybe they used to you know they, they put budget into running ads or they're um you know they're speaking in front of or they've done a um what do you call it, like a virtual summit kind of arrangement and, and they're getting in front of a large audience which is, is, is the target market but then they flounder when it comes to delivery because they don't actually have whether they're maxed out they don't have the capability they don't have the team to actually support the delivery and then they wonder you know what why, why is it not working uh, because i can sell well but um, and I think there's a shift happening in the market, and, and you probably observed too, uh, you know, particularly through the pandemic. Whereas people want delivery, they they want right, uh, uh, like that that's more valuable. Uh, and I've even seen like the gurus start to shift their messaging around this, where they're saying, you know, you actually have to have a product or a service that works, because if you don't have that, and you have you know, and you follow all the other things that we've been teaching you for the last ten years, you're going to be in trouble. So I like I like to sort of 
extend that thought into your question here for both of you, which is around, um, you, you mentioned the sales funnel. How do you marry sales funnel or the idea of a sales funnel with delivery and, and authenticity? Because sometimes sales funnels can feel very, very inauthentic. They can feel like I'm getting these automated messages, like I've got you know ten spots available. If you don't buy now, uh, all these things are going on. All these you know things that are just not they're just icky, and they're like, oh my gosh, I don't want to deal with you <laughs> because uh, just you know I've been I've been pushed through so many. Like I don't want to join your email list. Like I like I, I'm subscribed to twenty thousand email lists already, and I don't want to be in your newsletter. So. What's your take on that? And, and, and what would you recommend to someone listening to this in 2022 looking forward? Yeah. And so it's funny because I started writing copy, I mean, way back in the day, I wrote for Dan Kennedy. And you want to talk about hard hitting direct response. Like that's where I started writing. And I have really grown into a more authentic way of writing. And it, you know, it starts all the way back with the strategy. What is the voice that you use with your audience? My job as a copywriter is to mimic that. I don't want them to feel like somebody else wrote it. And instead of, you know, the overhyped, lots of exclamation points, the the big promises that just, you know, you know, that's not gonna, right? Lose 20 million pounds in a minute and a half. Like that's, no, it's not gonna happen. And obviously I was exaggerating there, but it's really about connecting with your people on that emotional level and helping them work through the emotional and logical points that they need to take. It's all audience focused. And a lot of, I mean, back in the internet heyday, it was, hey, I have an offer and cash would roll in. You didn't have to do much work. Now you have to put in the work. You have to know your people. And what's more, is you have to know your offer. You have to, and like you were saying, it's gotta be good. You've gotta believe in it so that you can talk about it the right way. I don't take clients who have an offer that I don't believe in, by the way, because I can't write effectively if I think it's a load of bull hockey. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I'm trying not to cut here on the live stream, but it's, So the whole goal with your copy is to take them through that journey, connect with them, help them imagine a better future after they have purchased the solution that you know is going to work for them. And then, you know, where Jenny is amazing is she then takes that copy and I, you know, she gets it in a Facebook message sometimes, and then she translates it into a way that just visually you keep them engaged so it's not just about the words it's the visual engagement as well the right breaks on the eyes the right size the right images to support the colors all of that didn't used to matter and now it matters now it matters i'd love to hear from from jenny just uh your perspective on that because if you're if you're controlling the visual elements and you're doing the design work and, and those sort of things why do you feel that's changed in the last few years and why is it so important now there's i think people have become very discerning like i was saying before where before when the internet was 
brand spanking new. And I mean, I had a, I had a web page way back in the day. I'm talking like the, you know, mid nineties and it had like the flashy, flashy stuff and everything. Cause that's what the thing was as, as we've aged and we have a new generation that's literally been born with the internet being here and, you know, they're, they're a lot more discerning they're, They've been bombarded. Like I said, so much that it's just been, it's, it's just something they've had to, um, they they've been enmeshed in right and everybody has been scammed or swindled they've everybody's seen something that is spooky slightly weird too good to be true like we've all i mean i've been taken even in my first year of business i got taken for a ride uh you know that's stuff that happens and you have to be so much more you have to also be so much more pleasing to the eye there's so much research that's been that's also been done into how people respond to a page um that have what brings the eye down the page, what is pleasing, what is engaging, things like that. And also we have to make sure that we're injecting because people have been swindled, et cetera, et cetera. We have to inject into these pages so much more about the trust building. And that has to happen really high up on the page. Whereas before it was, hey, I've got this offer. It's really, really great. It's only $47. I know you're gonna wanna get it. So you know, just click this button and get it. Now we have to go with like, you know, the promise of what we're doing. And then we have to create connection copy, which Allison's amazing at creating where people are like, yes, like you have to get people doing those micro yeses on pages. And also the last thing is that it has to lead them on a journey where they go, oh yeah, that's me. Oh gosh, this sucks. This is, this is really crappy. I'm experiencing this problem. And okay. Yeah. I get why they're talking about it. Yeah. I, you know, that, that feels about right. And then okay, they have a personal story that connects to the thing that I've struggled with because they've either been there, done that, or they've been able to teach other people how not to have that happen. And it creates it creates a lot of trust. You have to build so much trust now in a landing page. When Allison and I first started talking and being friends and doing all this kind of stuff together, it was okay for a summit landing page. I kid you not. And I build summits for pretty much a living. I've done like 350 of them. You could do, I kid you not, pick like a, a banner, a video, an opt-in box, and, account, and that's it, like register today. And that was it for the summit. No, some, no, no speakers, no connection copy, no uh, video, like nothing. None of that stuff existed. It was a banner, video, and an opt-in box. And guess what? You would get 5,000 people to register for that summit. Holy crap, like that, those were the heydays. And now your opt-in page for Summit resembles a sales page. The copy is six times longer than it used to be. And it has 10 more elements than it ever had because we have to build that connection, trust, understanding, oh my gosh, yes, please, all into a short thing. Even now, as you both, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, now, as you both know, having spoken to me before, I'm the case study guy, I'm all about the social proof, so that you, you're, you're like singing music in my ears here, Jenny. Um, uh, let's talk a little bit about funnels. Um, do you need to have a super huge complicated funnel? You talked about the landing page, but let's go beyond the landing page for, for it to be successful. If you're going to sell a product or a service um, or launch one, right? what are the, kind of the key elements to making that funnel actually work? The key elements to making a funnel work are not as, as not not as difficult as people think. It has to like we I was just saying it has to have connection copy and things like that. But in the mechanics of the funnel, we have to have a landing page that does its job. 
And my goal and Allison's goal, whenever we work together, we're like, you know, industry standard, 35% opt-in rate. Psh, no, thanks. We want 80%. And we will like aim for that. But in the mechanics of it, a good landing page, a good confirmation page that tells them exactly when they're going to receive the thing that they opted in for or purchased, how they're going to receive it, that takes away the uh, the phone, like the, the buyer's remorse or the registration remorse of, I just registered for this thing and then my experience was crap. So you don't have to have complication, but you have to have simplicity and deliverability, right? So it has to look good on a mobile phone because 75, 85% of our audiences are looking at these things on mobile, right? It has to tell them exactly what they're going to get and how they're going to receive it so that they have no worries along the way. So you can have an opt-in page, a confirmation page, and a confirmation email, and you can be 100% golden, no problems. However, if you want to add a couple of little things, you can, and it elevates the experience. For example, you can have an opt-in page to a summit, okay? And on the landing page, on the confirmation page, you can say, oh my gosh, I'm so glad you're here. You're in the right place. By the way, if you want to, you can grab this awesome little VIP bundle that we've put together that will help you enjoy this experience even more. It's only $47. Click here and grab it. And on that little form where they can buy it, which is now another page in the funnel, you can say, while you're doing this, before you go, there's something else that's very complimentary. And it makes sense. If you'd like it, it's only $27. If you'd like it now, great. And if you don't, no worries. We don't care. No problem. Up to you. And that can increase your per uh, lead value or your per purchase value simply by doing something simple. And again, it's not overcomplicating it, but it makes sense in the place that is put. Does that, Allison, what would you have to add to that maybe? Yeah. And I think what happens is, you know, we see these funnels that are like, they're so cool. Oh my gosh, I went to this and I did that. And I, oh, I, they, they upsold me this. And I said, no, but then I got this offer and I did this and stop, stop doing all that. All right. Start with your landing page, send your landing page to a confirmation page, get them in a Facebook group, do something right. But start there. And then once you've got that dialed in, cool. Now let's try adding a sales page on the end of that. All right. We're getting some good results there. Cool. Now I'm going to add that order bump, which is what Jenny was talking about is that little checkbox on the order form. All right. Now I'm, I'm building it out as I'm going rather than either overcomplicating the heck out of it, risking something breaking and overwhelming the heck out of myself or making it so complex of a map that it's too much to even get started on and I just don't do anything. Those are the other options. I'd rather you have a landing page with a confirmation page and start building your email list than not do anything or do something poorly. And, and to be clear, I'd rather you do it poorly than not do it at all. <laughs> okay. So, you know, what Jenny said with the mechanics, it's more important that what you have connects with your ideal person than it's spinny, shiny, upsell, downsell, crazy funnel map. More important that it works. And Jenny and I definitely, we like to play. Like she says, oh yeah, we strive for 80. No, we hit 80. We hit 86.24 for one of our clients recently, opt-in rate for yep. their summer. Absolutely. And, uh, and 
but yeah, and they made over twenty thousand dollars on a VIP package with right. a take rate that was insane. And they had we had even had a bump, and the bump was they were taking that at seventy five percent. So it's all about having the right offer at the right spot in the journey that these people are experiencing, so that it makes sense, right? And if it's too complicated, like Allison was saying, I'd rather people make an ugly funnel than no funnel at all. You can at least start with something, right. and then you can optimize it as you go. Completely agree with Allison, one hundred percent. But this client, they wanted a downsell and an upsell, and we told them no, it's too much. So we pulled sure them back and got them successful where they were. Yeah, like I, I, I'm just putting myself in the mind of the client. If I told you that and you changed the result or helped me get that result, I'm like, that's pretty damn good. <laughs> Forget the downsell. Um, exactly. I saw your comment in the, in the chat there. Uh, who was that? That was Jenny talking about you know starting off with a simple funnel, uh, and I loved how you just broke that down and just said, okay, well, uh, Alison, you're talking about just stepping through each stage of the funnel because uh, I think I've been there before where it's like, oh, let's just lay out the twenty step plan here and let's build all these different pages and things, and uh, then I go, oh my gosh, this isn't happening, and it just doesn't happen, um, and so I can totally relate to uh, you know just hey, let's do the simple landing page, let's do the simple you know, opt-in form and then we'll get someone on a list and then we'll step through the process. Um, what's what, what's the difference between a sales funnel and a launch? Because I think sometimes those two things get confused for one thing. I was going to let Jenny take it because it's funny. funny she is actually, um, she has an event coming up um, all about launches. So I was like, um, maybe Jenny should just take this. So your sales funnel is oftentimes your more evergreen thing, all right? So a funnel can be part of a launch, but a launch is not usually part of a funnel. It's like those circles, um, you know, where one is fully inside the other or whatever, Venn diagram. Um, so you may find that you require a sales funnel during your launch when you are releasing a new program product uh, course, membership, service, whatever. When you are re-releasing, you're reopening the doors. Um, there are a couple of big name marketers that do this frequently with their yearly programs or things like that. They open the doors. They have a launch event for that month that the doors are open. Um, if you are rebranding, if you're doing something, you're hosting an event like, like a summit, a list build, um, if you're doing that and not talking to Jenny, just don't do that. But, um, so that's what your launch is. And then your funnel is the supporting technology pages, conversion tools that get people through that launch. Let's say you're hosting a webinar in order to book sales calls in order to sell spots in your course, you would have a webinar funnel opt-in page, confirmation, any kind of upgrade. I don't know that VIP is a thing for a webinar, but you know, all of that stuff. And then you would have your email automation that's part of that to the reminder, the confirmation, the replay, all those sequences. That's your funnel, but your launch is bigger than that. That is your social promotion, your webinar itself, your sales calls, the whatever. So they work in tandem together, but you also don't have to launch to have a funnel. You can just make a PDF download that you talk about on podcasts and have a funnel for that. 
Actually, was it? Actually, just made an interesting face. I'm wondering if there was a comment behind that. No, I agree with Allison completely. Uh, I just I made a face because I hate PDF downloads. So um, and the reason I don't like them, and I, I mean they're great, they're wonderful for they getting them. Awesome. Yours is awesome, Allison. Here, here's why I have a little bit of an opinion about them. PDFs as a download are great. Everybody has them. What do people do with them? They download them and they stick them on their desktops. And unless they're Allison's lead magnet PDF download, which is awesome, nobody uses them. I have multiples sitting on my desktop right now because I've downloaded them. I want to check them out, but I haven't really done anything with them. So my question when we're, you know, my face when I when Allison was talking about that wasn't that I don't love them. It's that you can up level them with, you know, if you if you just have to get a PDF out there, a lead magnet out there, go ahead and do it. But if you can take it to the next level, then I'm going to encourage you to do that with a video, right? So a five-minute video of you going, hey, I'm so glad you're here. And, you know, I just wanted to run you through how to use this PDF download that's really going to help you achieve ABC and XYZ. Uh, and if there's anything I can do to support you, just, you know, email me at Jenny at JennyWright.com or find me here, blah, blah, blah. Like that little extra piece can elevate it and create more know, like, and trust which is what we're trying to build. And it's very hard to build trust on a PDF. But if it's your only method of creating a PD, uh, creating a, a, lead, a lead magnet at the moment, great, I love you for it. But look at the ways once you get it out that you can create that elevation, if at all possible. That's always what I'm gonna encourage people. That's why I was like making a face, sorry. <laughs> No need to it. apologize. I'm with you. I, yeah, yeah. I, totally I, I, have a, I have no poker face. I have no poker face. Allison knows this. I have zero poker face. If I'm her poker ups- face just has no chill. She I have just no cannot. chill whatsoever. None. None. Mm. And if you're watching this on video, I am sorry. No need. I think you've given some. <laughs> some look, I'm a, I'm with you. I, I, I'm I'm over the PDF unless it's really super good. Uh, and and now you know. The bar has been raised, right? So, so let's look at Allison's PDF, and then we all know how to you know, the starting point. Uh, let's uh, let's you started talking about list building. So, I'm curious about um, people who already have maybe maybe they've built a large list over the years. Maybe they've, they've had you know their businesses have changed over time, and therefore they still got like 200 people from a previous business and another 400 people from the next business or the next project. Um, what can someone in that situation where they've got a, a, you know, I'll call it large, but, you know, large can be 10,000. It just depends on what, what your specific perspective is here. Um, but why do some business owners struggle to generate leads from their email list? And I'm going to say excuse the noise from, from the oh, it's all good. pushing the finger. But um, the question is, yeah, so, so why do some people or a lot of people, uh, myself included, struggle to generate leads from the list? Uh, and you talked about having automated sequences. Um, a sort of, a, 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 you know, a extension of that question would be: How do we do automation in a way that's not that you don't sound like a robot and you're always pushing something a sale? Okay, so we've got two questions there. One: How do we engage with our lists, make sure that they're the right people, you know, all that kind of stuff. And then the other one being: How do we create automations that sound authentic and actually help us versus work against us? Right? Okay. So I'm going to take the first question. I'm going to give Allison the second one because it's more up her uh, her alley in terms of how to do that. So we're good. This is how we do things. All right. So with the list building side of things, Allison and I just experienced this with a client. The client had a list that exceeded 40,000 people. It was built over the years uh, from various different things. It had never been marketed to. There was a bunch of um, areas where that traffic had come in. 
And what we found was is that when that email list was now starting to be marketed to, that it was incredibly unresponsive. And two, a lot of people were like, I don't even know where I came in anymore. I don't, you know, I'm not really interested in what you're doing. So in the end, the recommendation was to cull that list. And they recently went from 40,000 down to about 13,000. Okay. And that was through a process of, are they engaged or are they not engaged? Are they opening my emails? Are they not opening my emails? And that went on for about three months until we were able to determine this many people, you know, there was a 25 or whatever thousand are not opening the emails therefore. So the simple way to do this when we're building our lists and we have multiple traffic sources is to create that segmentation. And Allison can talk about the authenticity and the descriptor of it later, but the segmentation of it, right? So you're saying, okay, um, Allison's list, this came through this amazing PDF on headlines. This came through her other amazing PDF with a little video, because I had a great one, that comes to, <laughs> that is, you know, about sales pages, as an example. Both of those audiences are both interested in copy, coming from different things, headlines and, and, and sales pages. You can then create segmented content that both of those people like. At some point, people are going to tune out from you. It's natural and normal. Making sure that you have an unsubscribe button that is easily found. Allison and I have a hack for that. Instead of burying the unsubscribe button at the bottom of your emails, we actually put it right at the top. Hey, you found us or you're, you're getting this email from Allison Lex because you either subscribe to X or Y. And if that's not what you're here for anymore, that's okay. Here's the unsubscribe button. It's literally above any of the other copy. It's up there and it helps actually keep our unsubscribe um, rates really, really low because people are like, oh, that's right. I came in on the headline thing. Now she's talking about sales copy. I'm kind of interested in that too. So I'm going to stick around. Or I came in for the headline thing. I'm not really interested in this part, unsubscribe. But it keeps the unsubscribe rates low because it reminds people why they're there. So I think there's many ways of doing this. One is, again, never buy an email list ever, 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 ever. Never buy an email list. It is the worst thing you can do. Secondly, if you've created a pivot in your business and you've changed from health coach to love coach, reach out to your health coach list and say, hey, I've changed, I've pivoted. But if you'd like to continue this journey with me, I'm going to be talking about the following topics. And if you're in for it, awesome. And if you're not, here's a button and you know to unsubscribe and I wish you well. Or the other way around, if you wanna stay for the love coaching, click this button, it'll add a tag to you. And if not, I'll remove you from my list. Many ways to do it. But those are the those are the easiest things I can think of, and then I'm going to hand it over to Allison for the other part. Okay, so I'm going to be a total ADHD moment right now and ask you to repeat that question because I was so into what Jenny was saying, I forgot it. Well, Ant, you got it, or you want me? Yeah. Oh well, all good, Allison. Basically, the question is, you know, to to carry on from what Jenny's saying in terms of segmenting the list now how do we if we're going to use automation right how do we ensure the automation is actually uh human uh and, and actually you know gets the right engagement and also leads people to a sale when it's appropriate yeah. right so how do we do that because i've been i'm sure you have I've, I've joined some i've subscribed to something and i'm getting these automations and it's like sometimes it actually for whatever reason they're doing the the, the automated tag where it's supposed to put your name in there but it doesn't put your name in there and it's, you can actually see the code um and so how do we do that in a way that's authentic and and actually you know furthers the goal whatever that might be for your business so the way that i do it is i call it my handy dandy magic system right 
hey, Allison here, my handy dandy magic system sent you this email or whatever I say, right? Tell them it's an automation. Who cares? Do they need to think that you're sending them an email at 3.06 in the morning, their time, because you were just so excited to get there? No, hey, the magic of technology has gotten this to you on demand. Isn't that cool? Here's what I want you to do. I really wanna to get to know you. So just go ahead, hit the reply button. Let me know what you think of this PDF download, Jenny. And <laughs> I I'm gonna be so excited to wake up to your email in the morning. That's real. In fact, I wanna go back and grab that copy that I just spewed and actually use it in my automations because it was some good stuff, right? But just be a real person, just be you. And this is what I tell people with copy. And this is every kind of copy, social posts, videos, emails, sales pages, whatever. Just be yourself. However you would say it out loud, type it. If you have to speak it and transcribe it, do that. Whatever you have to do to just put your personality, you made me big, put your personality on the screen, on the, on the words, like put it in there. And that will really just, sorry, they're chatting with me in telling me that my picture is so big and I don't, I don't know what to do with myself, but just, it's not, it doesn't have to be this big hidden magic secret that you're sending an automation, that you're using technology to communicate one to many. But if you invite the one to one, if you show them that you want the, the relationship, and you're not fake about it. And I mean, Jenny, you mentioned it. How many of those, it's late and I've been up thinking. No, you haven't, right? You're not, yeah. You okay. totally haven't. It's so, <laughs> the, the and also the ones, the scan, like this is the other thing, the re our call or re oh, our I hate meeting. Those. I oh hate my those. God. Oh man, yeah. <laughs> I got like, one of those, those recently. Yep. Now, I mean, look, the whole point am, is they're going to make you open and they do make you open, but then you're like, really, you got me. I'm never listening to you again. Like there's, it's yeah, literally the hand in the no, face. Like, nope, uh, we're done. You got me. Now, don't get me wrong. I do love me a good, huh? Subject line. I think one of my favorites that I've used, I swiped from a friend of mine way back in the day. It was, can I pay you? And it's to introduce a referral program. Oh, that one, well, that yeah. one, by the way, works. Chef's kiss. Right? On that one. Like, can I pay you? Can we talk? That real language. And, you know, I'm, I'm not big on HTML heavy emails. You know, we don't need the pretty banners on the side, but throw a GIF in there. If you talk in GIFs like I do, throw, throw a couple GIFs in there. Um, you can make GIFs of yourself, by the way. That's super fun, right? Like just have fun with it and don't, yeah. I'm going to step off my soapbox now because I could just keep talking for hours. How do you, sorry, I mean, random question, but how do you create a gift of yourself? <laughs> okay. So the way that I do it is I send a 20 second video to Jenny on Facebook messenger chat. Then I download it to my computer and I go to giphy.com, G I P H Y.com, upload it, create a gift. So simple. Okay. I'm you can beyond that. Computer and you're done. Yep. Very, very cool. Okay. We're going to wrap up. 
uh, I've been loving what you've both been sharing. Uh, we could go a million what different directions with this, but um, I want to respect your time. And I'm just going to wrap up a couple of questions here. First one is now you've both hit just over 150 podcast episodes published uh, with System to Thrive. So what what's, what have you both learned from the process uh, and the journey and, and what keeps you going? I'll go first. Uh, I have learned to work better with my friend. Uh, building this out together was a big deal. And to take a friendship that was totally great and then add a business component could have caused a split. It could have caused problems. But we found a way to talk things through and be very open with our communication. It has taught me to be a better communicator. I, I, I think I've System to Thrive has been therapy for me to evolve a communication style. It's also helped me be a better speaker and a better listener and a better interviewer and all these types of things. But working with your best friend is probably one of the best things you could ever do, uh, especially if you can manage to still be best friends three years later and want to continue to do this. Um, but it's, it's also taught me resiliency. Uh, the pandemic was absolutely horrific for a lot of people. It was a massive crush uh, for me, dep depression-wise, et cetera. But being able to be supported by and support somebody else through it made it worthwhile. For sure. Yes, communication. It's taught me to work better with my friend. Um, you know, and it's funny, lately, <laughs> Jenny and I have discovered that we get to be, we get to be a little selfish with our podcast and ask the questions that we want to know and get information that we wish we had either now or X number of years ago when we were starting out. Um, and so it's really opened up a lot of ideas about different things that we can do for our businesses or our clients or fun things to think about. And for, with every expert that we have on, I get to learn something new. And when it's just Jenny and I, I get to, you know, we get to share what we know, soapbox a little bit and have a good time. And we always end up with a lot, a lot of fun bloopers. <laughs> I want to hear or see that blooper reel because I think that would be incredible. Um, thank you both for joining us today. I, I'm going to fi finalize this episode with one question here. Um, and it's actually the question that's become the question that our listeners want to hear. Uh, and it's what's one uh, practice activity resource that, 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 that you lean on for your own mental health? I'm going to get I asked to go first on therapy. that one. Yeah. Dude, I, I'm in therapy. Like I, I love therapy. Um, my therapist is, uh, you know, my shoulder to cry on, my life coach, my, she helps me handle my ADHD, my depression, all of that. I'm very open about my mental health journey um, because as entrepreneurs, we're not immune and we're not alone. Um, so if you have access to help, can afford help and it's available to you, get yourself into some therapy. If it's not the right fit with the first person, go to another one. It's because once you find the right person, it is a game changer. For me, one is uh, self-care. I'm one of those people who will sit at my desk and not move for 12 hours and then realize that I haven't eaten or done anything else because I just, I prioritize the work before myself. 
So the best thing that I have done is I go for walks. Allison knows that I need walkies. Uh, I'm pretty much like a, a, a trained terrier. I have to go for walkies because if I don't get them, I'm getting pretty antsy. So going for a walk, getting out in nature, um, honestly, quite like sleep is one of the best things that I've prioritized. I swear when I, you know, when you hit your 40s, it is like sleep is now the new thing. It's better than the other S word over any, like I prefer sleep. Sleep is great. I love sleep. So sleep makes you, everybody's <laughs> laughing at me. <laughs> I was leaving and she was on the screen and nobody could see the reaction. I know. It's okay. I knew you were reacting. I did it for reaction. No, <laughs> sleep is amazing. Um, and like, that is a huge thing for my mental health. As I've gotten into my 40s, if I don't get enough sleep, you don't want to be around me. I'm not a happy camper. So walkies, sleep, uh, and just as much self-care as I can possibly get. So if that means I go get my nails done once a month, I do it. Uh, and then I get to hang out with my best friend. So yeah, I, I'm good. Amazing. And just for those listeners who are wondering what the other S is, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's Sudok Sudoku. Uh, so that's what Jenny was Absolutely. referring to. Absolutely. I'm a killer. Okay, so Anybody wants to do that with me, no problem. I, I got you. <laughs> there you have it. All right. So Jenny Wright, Alison Lex, systemtothrive.com. I thank you both for joining me for a fun, uh, it's almost an hour now, but uh, it, uh, you, I just love your energy and, and what you bring to the table and, and how, how you do what you do. So for being an authentic influence and we'll uh, check you out on your podcast. We'll put all the show notes and links and everything in there. Uh, and uh, for all you subscribers and listeners, we'll see you again on the next episode. Thanks everyone. Bye. Hey, what's up, awesome human? Before we get started with today's episode, I just wanted to invite you to be a guest on Authentic Influence Podcast. For founders and marketers of B2B services or software companies that want to get more leads and sales online, our B2B content audit interview will concentrate on coming up with practical ideas to assist you to improve the results of your content marketing. The ideal guest would be a founder or marketer of a six or seven figure B2B service or software business wanting to grow their website traffic and generate more leads online. This is all 100% free. So head on over to www.simplecreativemarketing.com forward slash live audit. That's simplecreativemarketing.com forward slash live audit and sign up for a content audit interview today. Now here's today's episode of Authentic Influence. Now, just quickly, if you want to check out the show notes for this episode, just head over to simplecreativemarketing.com forward slash podcast, uh, and you can grab all the links and things and resources on there. And also, if you are a conscious entrepreneur, got a professional services business, working B2B, uh, and you've got an interest in building influence and income through showing up, serving others, and being real, then I invite you to join my Authentic Influence Warriors Facebook group. Uh, if you want to do that, just head over to simplecreativemarketing.com forward slash community. Okay, thanks for joining in, and I'll see you on the next episode. for listening to the Authentic Influence podcast at AuthenticInfluence.co.